Bunsen, Dolly, Internal, Why do we need? Patrick, Oscar, Isaac, Transplanting. Oh, it's Steve. Hey, hey. Oh, I'm all right. Yeah, it's yeah. another podcast. It's another podcast. It's early in the morning. I, like... I had some crazy dreams last night, Steve. Did you now? Don't tell me your dreams. No one cares about your dreams, Nick. That's no, one thing they're... I've learned in my life is that no matter how interesting you think your dreams are, no one cares. <laughs> just, just so far, suffice to say, they were rich, varied, and interesting. Nice. A bit like me. I was I about to say they make the same joke. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, yes. Yeah, fa- yeah, so- we failed a little bit about getting um, uh, a podcast out every week, haven't we? We failed for a we few have. weeks. Well, you've been to America and back in. I've like, been away. That was I have been, I've been away. Been away probably for a while. Yeah, and you, you got COVID. The dreaded I did lurgy. get COVID. Yeah, I'm wearing that badge now. I'm right. glad I'm better. It wasn't right. wasn't particularly. Do you pleasant. feel good to be part of the kind of the the immuno elite now? You've got no, the <laughs> no, no. I don't want to sound like a rabid anti-vaxxer, but I felt worse after two of the vaccines. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I did know actually. I mean, I'm being a little. I had a had a nasty, a very nasty cold. I'd say for more than a week. Right. Um, but it was like a head cold, a bit of tiredness. Right. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad to see you back up. Are you fighting fit again? Uh, I'm. I'm getting there. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like I, there's a bit of weariness lingering on? Are you just using that as an excuse to not work very hard, Nick? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> My bicycle ride to work the other day was more challenging than it normally would be. Right. Okay. So, well, yeah. at least you're back on your bike. That can't all be bad. No, no. I'm, I'm pushing myself. That's what I do, Steve. Push exactly. Myself to extreme. Every day. Push myself into extreme discomfort just to test my my fiber. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You, you know, know what I'm people, like. Yeah. You finish running your ultra marathons with like broken shins and that kind of stuff. That, absolutely. That's what you, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, dude. So, um, how was the US? It was very good. Thanks. It was really good. I went. So, I was in the for, a, for my first conference in the post-COVID world. Um, so, in-person conference in San Francisco. Um, took a bunch of people from the lab. Um, they did really well. They gave presentations and um, things. And even like, I'm now old enough, Nick, that my that my academic the people that have left my lab are now starting their own labs, and their their students were there as well. So like you wow. know, it's all like my the academic families. All it was quite you know, it's a bit of an emotional time. It is yeah. like a big family, lovely. Well, well yeah, yeah. So it's um, yeah, it just means you're getting old. That's what it means, Nick. I was thinking about the day. This we, the podcast is now six years old. I think it makes me um disturbed when I hear things like that. <laughs> time you can do, it just marches on exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well it's my birthday today so it's a birthday you're joking birthday. it's my birthday it's i my didn't f- even know it's my 40th birthday today you are ch- why are you here because <laughs> oh, i can see, think of no talk- better way to celebrate the morning of my 40th birthday than the I'm, gonna, with you. I'm gonna have to log that in my my calendar because i didn't i don't keep a note of your birthday mm. steve i feel really ashamed Oh, I certainly well. didn't know. You I think I, I think I bought you a nice bottle of scotch for your fortieth birthday. So I'm so I'm instantly going to be <laughs> like <laughs> judging you for not even remembering. Not even a happy birthday. Now. <laughs> How long we've we been mates? Twenty happy, years. <laughs> happy birthday, Steve. I feel suitably like ashamed and admonished. That's right. Oh, Steve. Nick. Hey, oh, do you, I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm very well. My Do remember- my dog wasn't very well though. She she hurt her little eye and take her to the vet yesterday. Oh no! What happened? Not yesterday, last week. 
she's had she had a little she had an ulcer on her eye and so had to like oh, no. um they had to give her some antibiotics and i was chatting to the the vet and the vet was like so so they said we're gonna give her some antibiotics and some of these kind of corneal like eye drops I, she hates getting stuff in her eye um and she was like she, she like, took me aside she's like it's really important you keep these these antibiotics in the fridge and i was like so they're just antibiotics and she's like yeah i was like i was like why do you need to keep them in the fridge she said well in case bacteria grows in them <laughs> i'm like in the antibiotics <laughs> like and she was like oh, oh yeah that is a bit weird isn't it and i was just disappointing <laughs> just let it go mate let it go <laughs> i knew you'd i knew you'd say that mm. but like it turns out there were other stuff in there that like, I looked up afterwards, but I really would have expected the vet to know that. Anyway, enough of my disappointment of medical, of, of animal professionals. I heard um, once, and those sorts, you know, that you've got a French bulldog. Yeah. But they've got quite bulgy eyes. Mm. I remember hearing a story about one like sneezed or something and the eyeballs can pop out, can just pop right out the sockets. No, it's only Frenchies, they don't like Ripley sometimes she'll sleep with her eyes open. Like so like basically they just drop her, her eyeballs can dry out. They don't blink well. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, think it's, I think it's just she just fell into the, her face into some dirt somewhere or something and a bit, yeah, probably a bit of dirt a got bit in her eye. Chicken, chicken exactly. Pie. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so yeah. so do, I don't know whether you saw in the news. I mean, we're, we're talking on the your birthday, the 10th of March. That's right. And um, there was a chap, poor, a chap who had the um, transplanted uh, pig heart. Did you read about I that? I did see that. He died, didn't he? He died yesterday, which is yeah. sad. But he, he survived for like two months with it. It was, a, it was a genetically modified pig heart. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. That's what I was sort of reading oh, about. That's good. So, I don't know much about this. So this would be exciting to chat. Well, about. I don't, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go too much into the, the details. Mm. But yeah, the, it's basically there were two surgeons. Well, there's a surgeon and um, a surgeon who's also a, um, a scientist as well, um, mm. called Bartley Griffith. Bartley Griffith is one of them. It's a typical American name, isn't it? I was hey, about Bartley to say it sounds American. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the other chap was. has got a was, good handshake. Hi, Bartley Griffith. <laughs> Bart, call me Bart. <laughs> the other chap's a guy called uh, Mohammed Mohiuddin. So uh, another surgeon. So, um, but they they um they've been they've been working on this for a long time, right? And I don't know whether so many. So it was the whole heart was transplanted. The whole heart, yeah. Right. So normally there's no. So so we quite often do like this. Do these pig valves in heart that have been derived from animals? Decades. Yeah. Pig valves are used yeah. all the time in medicine. Yeah. Lots of different parts of animals are used in in biomaterials for different, often reconstructive surgery, lots of things from pigs, sheep, cows. They're used frequently, but they're all they're all kind of like freeze-dried or something. Or treated. Right, well, this is a big deal because this is like a full-on organ. Yeah, it was part. like a transplant. Yeah, yeah taken yeah, out okay. of a pig, popped into a man. But how would, how would you feel if you woke up after surgery with a little pig heart? It'd be weird, wouldn't it? I'd probably, you'd forget about that for a while, wouldn't you? If it worked. <laughs> That's true. You probably don't think about your heart beating most days, do you? You wouldn't yeah. want to. I mean, you would. Yeah, you obviously it would. That's a. Yeah, that's a. It's interesting. It's, it's not the first. Kidneys from pigs have been implanted into people who have been brain dead before, recently. Right. And there's actually a company. This this guy, um, these surgeons are involved with a with a company. The name yeah. of which I can't find at the moment. Uh, let me have a look. Yeah, it's called Revivacore. It's the company, and it's actually a spin out from the company which is called I can't remember it's LMG um, Therapeutics. It's the one which was founded in Edinburgh to 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 do Dolly the Sheep. 
Ah, so, right, okay. Like it, so the company involved is a descendant of Dolly, if you Reviver like. Reviver Core sounds like some dystopian. It does, uh, doesn't it? Thing from a from like a Ridley Scott film about. I watched. Like, I watched Devs recently, which I would recommend that no one does. But <laughs> um, it sounds like something in, in that. But <clears throat> anyway, um, yeah, Revive, of course. So basically, they've been researching these organs for many, many years. And mm. um, the, the general principle is usually if you try and use a pig heart in a human, it's too foreign. Right. Uh, and usually what would happen is the, the, the body would amount such an immune response that it would just get rejected. So it's just impossible. And actually, in people, you have to have good tissue matching in order to have a good donor. So even yeah, between yeah. people... It's hard, yeah. It's really hard. And actually, the first um, people who had a successful transplant with kidneys were identical twins. Right. Um, so Makes that was sense. done in, that was done as recent... Well, I think it's quite recently, 1954, that was. And that was, and that, was that was a heart transplant, was it? That was, no, that was a kidney transplant. Oh, right. The heart transplants were done in, the, I think, the 60s and by, by um, Chris Barnard, weren't they, in, in right. Cape, Cape Town, 60s, 70s. Anyway, but it was only really once immunosuppressants had been invented that you yeah. could do transplants. So immunosuppressants are absolutely important. Anyway, immunosuppressants, even though those are not good enough for even, you know, tissues from someone who's not closely enough aligned right. to you in terms of your your kind yeah. of let's say your let's just call it your genetic background yeah so um so basically the idea of doing it with an animal is a crazy idea because like if it doesn't work with another human you know how are you going to get it to work with pig yeah anyway this company reviver course been going quite a long time and um they meet quite a lot of skepticism about the company you know they, they've tried to get this work reviewed before um they and they you know the, the usual stories of going to funding bodies and being told you're crazy and you should be shut down right so they had to get the money through private enterprise basically through so they mechanism. so their, their kind of remit then is to try and use animal derived uh organs for transplanting into humans right. yeah part yeah. of this company's right okay you know, um strategy money making strategies to do that anyway the way in which they do it just to go into the, the briefly the science of how it works is mm. that it's one of these things that uses CRISPR-Cas9 again, which um, we've talked about before, but just to recap, it's a way of editing the genome. So it uses a particular type of um, enzyme to chop bits out of the, D the, the DNA of a, a person, basically. So you can, you can remove genes and you can also add genes. So in short, you can do this in the germline. So in in very in, in embryonic cells basically mm -hmm. or in eggs and uh, sperm and you can remove these genes and basically you can produce an embryo which has been edited so that different genes are taken out and you may remember in china there was a chinese scientist who got in trouble who did it to remove a particular gene which predisposes you to getting hiv infection yeah or or if you remove it it makes you resistant to hiv yeah, infection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's it's an advanced technology now and it's been done in people right so there's a lot of big ethical questions obviously about that but nevertheless yeah, it can be monkeying so around with genetics so technically it's it can be done and these people have have done it so in these particular pig embryos what they did was they removed three genes mm -hmm. which were related to sugars and things that um that cells express these, Often, these, were, these were pig genes they removed yeah, these were these were pig genes they removed. So, so these are the a, things that are involved with the 
body mounting an immune response against the heart is that against Absolutely. the transplanted heart okay so, yeah, so one the point of, is, one is of... if you knock these things out and remove them then the human uh, immune system won't won't then decreases probably of them rejecting that that, that yeah okay. yeah so so one in particular humans have a lot of antibodies which reflect um types of sugars called alpha galactose sugars alpha gals and um three of the i think three of the the um genes which may obviously make proteins in the pigs were devoted to removing these enzymes that make alpha gal sugars because we right. have a really active immune system again so that's the biggie right another gene they removed was one which makes um pig hearts grow big so it's one that they discovered through sort of lab work it's a growth hormone receptor that pigs have okay so they remove that particular gene it stops so the pig heart they, growing. they get little pig hearts well pigs get big right yeah. you know you, they 400 kilo Jesus, you know they, they can is. be they can be massive and you so they're bigger heart. than yeah. yeah so you get you get um you get these big oversized hearts so they have yeah. to knock this gene out and then they added a bunch of genes which were involved in sort of immune modulation. So they help the body accept the organ. So they're involved in things like antibody production and in, um, in clot, blood clotting, coagulation, mm -hmm. things like that. So um, a lot of the information is proprietary, so we don't quite know exactly what they've done. The other big innovation that they did was they couldn't get it. So a lot of this experimental work was done in baboons. So they've been working on trying to, make pig hearts suitable for baboons and they have been able to keep baboons alive for prolonged periods of time with God, pig hearts. Imagine how anxious you must be if you if you got that working and your first opportunity to put that in a human. Well like, this is what the guy said he I mean he was the surgeon was there's a good there's a good story in the New Yorker which we can probably tweet out as well mm. which is worth a read which has interviews with the two surgeons mm. and when they pulled that so they used this special box and it's, this is another innovation designed by a Swedish company. And there's a special fluid. They found out that one of the critical things was what they store the heart in before they pop it in a baboon. And that wow. took them a huge amount of time. And one of the secrets is cocaine. They have to have cocaine in there. So, that, so, so, um, what the, the, the company's got loads of, loads of like boxes of coke lying about in Thank the lab. You, <laughs> you can order. Is everyone hyper, hyper, hyper efficient and speak really quickly in that, in that company. I don't know. I don't know. But one of I the, think they're much things, funnier than they are. <laughs> one of the other key innovations was they have to give the patient something to slow their heart. So the man got ill, um, um, uh, with, um, with, after he'd had it. The, the chap he's called um called david bennett so he became ill and basically after he'd had it the heart began beating much too powerfully and it had to be slowed down so they had to add um you know the usual sorts of drugs you would give someone to slow your heart down right so yeah maybe that was the cocaine so okay so, hang on. So, so i mean this this sounds like science fiction doesn't it so so they're kind of they're they're, they're growing up pigs with little hearts with less sugar on them there, and then they're, they're, they're sacrificing the, the, the pig and then putting that into a baboon. And then, but before they do that, they, they, they just whack it in a box of Coke. <laughs> Is that right? It's got, it's got a few other things in there as well. Yeah. But yeah, that, that's one of the key things. So it's, it's a, they I mean, that is a, a random experimental thing to try, isn't it? <laughs> How does one it's figure a method, that one out? It's a method developed. It's some, a team at Lund University in Sweden, a guy called Stig Steen. And a company called Ex Vivo. So 
the heart's basically putting it, it's, it the broth it's got not just cocaine it's yeah. water hormones adrenaline and cortisol so it's things to right. to keep muscle tissue um active but also cocaine i'm wow. not actually sure how they came across maybe that's a story for another podcast but, yeah, yeah. Um, amazing but anyway, when he put it in he said he pulled out of the container this is what he said it had an opaqueness that was off-putting i wondered did we do something wacky after he'd plugged it in, he said, it was if we turned on a light and it was a red light. The heart just brightened up and it went from trembling to pumping. Hearts just don't squeeze when they beat. They kind of twist. And this heart, it was doing the hoochie-coochie. <laughs> it was one of the best hearts i seen after transplantation. Is that Bart? Sounds like Bart. Oh, uh, Anyway, <laughs> so it's pretty incredible. So the other thing that they have to do that you have to bear in mind is that these people are on very strong, potent, um, experimental immunosuppressants right not only is the treatment experimental but the immunosuppressant is um, experimental as well it's called called kpl 404 is the the drug made by a company called kinixa pharmaceutics and basically it it, it basically um uh, switches off a, a bunch of antibodies um by, it binds to something called CD40, which you probably heard of, which is something which yes, is yeah. produced on the surface of the B cells. Those are the cells yeah. that make make antibodies. So it prevents. It, basically, this chap who had it was heavily immunosuppressed. So there'd obviously right. be implications for getting infection. I mean, it makes sense, Nick. He's got a pig heart in his chest. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's not surprising. You, you know, your immune system has been involved over many, you know, millions yeah. of years to not have a pig heart in your chest. <laughs> anyway, uh, it worked. It's worked for two months. So he was uh, he was able to. He went home to his dog, I think. So he was able to. I don't know how. There's not really much information on how whether his life became significantly better. Mm. Um, but he was, you know, he was terminally ill. He he didn't have any other choice. So for two months, he was able to live with pig heart, which is pretty incredible. So, you know, maybe Amazing. in the future, you know, if we got this far with the technology, then, you know, it can only get better, I always say. Um, that's true. Yeah, so yeah no, I mean, like, it's, it's, I, mean, it's, I mean, it's in some respects, it's kind of nuts to think that's even, I mean, it's, it, it, it's weird, isn't it? Because, you you know, you think sometimes, you know, you could look at this in a quite negative way, saying this is a bit being a bit reckless and, you know, you shouldn't be messing around with this. But, but unless you have kind of pioneers that are willing to try these things and push these things, you don't ever progress right you just you know you, yeah, absolutely you, yeah. it has something always has to be done for the first time i mean in 1906 just a bit of a historical perspective yeah. there was a french chap called charles edward uh, brown sequard he used to graft stuffs into different people he put two patients dying with kidney diseases he gave one a goat kidney and the other a pig kidney they only lasted three days but he had a shot and they would have died anyway. So I guess yeah. there was all of an ethical argument for having a go if you think it might work. Of course, of course. Anyway, wow. we'll keep tabs on this and see whether more more yeah. uh, develops. I like the, bo- the, co- the box of cocaine. That sounds like a good idea. I think I'm just going to go and order myself one now. In the club. Glow blue. 
sorry, I can't do the fiddy voice. I wanted to talk to you. Up. So, um, I was in. We were just saying I was in America um, last week for the first time in a while, and um, I had. I was going to take a bit of a holiday afterwards, but I decided not to. But, well, um, that's, that, that's absolutely aligned with your character. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, I came back early, but what, I, you know, I was going to take a holiday and then I was kind of like thinking about where, where should I go? What should I do? And, you know, it's, this sounds like this is a bit of a, a, a middle-class complaint, but I was like, what do I, should I drive down the Pacific Coast Highway again? Or should I go to Yosemite <laughs> again? <laughs> like, you know. Tell you what you should have done is rented a big one-tonner utility vehicle, drove to a random location in the Sierra Nevada, got heavily <laughs> drunk, on cans of PBR, whatever it's called, yeah. and then mosh in the car to to muse. while yeah. scrunching a load of crisps all over the floor. <laughs> no, I didn't want to do that. Listeners, again. so yeah, Steve, I, I witnessed Steve do this once. I witnessed so. you do that once too. Well, anyway, um, so what, what, why didn't you? Couldn't you? Couldn't you have gone somewhere else? I mean, there's plenty of other things. Yeah, I, I, so I took a I took a day. I drove up to. Um, a place called uh, Clear Lake, which is um, uh, kind of north of San Francisco. Were you by yourself? Yeah. Um, anyway, what I didn't do, which I was thinking of doing, and what I wanted to talk to you was, I was thinking about flying to Boca Chica in Texas to go and see to go and see Starbase, Elon's rocket. Right? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's what I was really tempted to do, but <laughs> I didn't. Right. But so, so you're going to have. So what I wanted to talk, tell you about was Starship. Because it's so exciting, Nick. Right, they're about to launch you for the first time. I so I don't of... know much about this. Which right, is good. brilliant. Right, so here's the problem. So everyone knows right, Elon Elon Musk has what I've got a bit of a man crush on Elon Musk. Um, but he's you know one of his companies, SpaceX, is now the US's um, commercial uh, space uh, flight. So he don't, so he's taking people back and forward to the International Space Station. He's also um, you know putting things in orbit for people. Um, you know, Starlink is another one of his companies that delivers internet around the world. What the reason he's doing all of this and building up that company is he wants to go to Mars. And, and this spaceship he's building at the moment, they've been through various iterations. It's called Starship. And this is and Starship is is the rocket, is the design that's going to make travel to Mars possible, right? And so like, build this ship together, living it exactly. together. Nothing's going to stop us now. Nothing's going to stop us now, right? <clears throat> um, now here's the problem, right? That in order, what you want to need to do is it wants to build a colony on Mars. And then to build a colony on Mars, one needs to take enough stuff to Mars that if the rocket stopped coming from Earth, that you could build a self-sustaining civilization on Mars. Right? So, is it going to be like Australia, like a penal colony? You can send people there. And then no, later on, in another, in another hundred years, they'll come back and absolutely thrash us at cricket. Oh, no. Bloody yeah. out some Bloody Martians. Martians coming back. <laughs> Although I mentioned that with the lower gravity, it must be quite hard to play cricket in in low in relatively low gravity. Might make it knows? better. I'm sure yeah. that Elon you hit will sixes then... more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah you just yeah, yeah. You might have to make the pitch bigger. I'm not sure what the gravity is on Mars. But... Point six. Okay, right. Um. Anyway. So that's the problem, right? You need to take all of this and think about the infrastructure. You've got to take all of the plumbings, machines, silicon manufacture, like you know, everything, right? You know, to be able to, if, that, that, that you could just stay in Mars forever, right? Yeah, it's like you've got to remember everything as well. Exactly. It's, like, it's not like going on holiday when you're like, oh, you know what? If you forget we'll just, anything, darling, we'll just, as long as you've got your wallet and your passport, you'll be fine. Just buy you know? it. 
Yeah, yeah. Quite, exactly right. But now you can imagine, like, if you, if you get it nearly right, you can end up with, like, I don't know, everything but lemons on a ship, right? Things can go wrong, right? So it's a really hard problem to solve. Anyway, but you can still estimate the, the, the type of, you know, how much stuff you have to take, right? And that, you know, people have done that. Elon's done that. And he thinks it's about a million tons of things. Right, I mean, right, like, like right. a million tons of stuff you need to take is the is the is is the kind of roughly on the order of magnitude. So then you say, well, how much does it cost currently to take a ton of something to Mars? And we actually know this because we we put things on Mars, right? NASA's done that with the various landers and things. At the moment, it's about a billion dollars per ton to get something to Mars. Now, yeah, that's uh, it's expensive. Yeah, so billion ten to the nine. A million tons of something 10 to the 6 that's that we 10 to the 15 dollars right which for those who don't know is, is about 100 times more than the global economy right so what that basically tells you is using current technology you we will never build a self-sustaining colony on mars it's just too expensive right so actually the problem of spacex and getting to mars is partially about building rockets but it's more about building rockets that are cheap because yeah. that's the way you get the 10 to the 6 like you get the million tons of stuff to Mars, and that's the way you get a self-sustaining colony, and therefore, you know, human humanity is a, is a spacefaring civilization, and it's out there amongst the stars and all that. You kind need of stuff. you need economy of scale, don't you? you need, well, you need this customers. is it. You this is customers. exactly it, right? So, 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 so the rockets he's building now have to be, you know, completely reusable, right? Which is one of his big innovations. Um, they also have to be like really fast to manufacture, and you have to build a lot of them, right? So because they've got to be used a lot, right? So if you can yeah. imagine, like with a car, right? So at the moment, even though the, even though he's got this reusable launch stage of the rocket, um, like the top bit, basically you lose it, right? And that costs about five million quid, right? So if you imagine if you had a car, and every time you drove a car, a bit of it fell off, it would be much more expensive to drive cars, right? I can all... assure you that's what generally happens with the cars that I drive. All right, but say something, cheap. an important, an integral functioning <laughs> bit of it, like the fuel tank fell out. After oh, yeah. Every, you had to replace be... it after every journey. Yeah, that would be... Cars would be much more expensive, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so it's all about optimising for manufacture and saving money. So, for example, right, the the the... the Raptor engines, which are these engines that, that, that power Starship, which is this big rocket, you have to build about 42 of them for every Starship, right? Uh, and, 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 and in order to make, to take the 100 tonnes, right, you can say, how big is the rocket? How often can it go backwards and forwards? How many, you know, before it, at the end of its life? They've got to build 1,000 of these Starships. They're gearing up to build 1,000, Nick, 1,000 rockets, right, that are 120 metres tall. They're the biggest thing that's ever flown, with the largest payload of anything, right? There's going to be you know, a thousand. That, I have to say though, that's still three meters shorter than the spire on Salisbury Cathedral. <laughs> okay, but imagine the spire. Imagine Salisbury Cathedral taking off, and there'd be a thousand of them going backwards and forwards to Mars a thousand times. Yeah, I mean it's totally crazy. <laughs> it's nuts, isn't it? Yeah. So, so, so this this idea of space saving and economy of scale is really important, right? So you can imagine in these rockets. Um, it's really interesting how they work and, you know, we should maybe do another uh, podcast. Are they designed just to be kind of cargo vessels then? Well, there's actually, there's a, there's a couple of different designs, right? So, so the, the core thing looks the same, right? But in fact, actually what you see is there's a variety of different types. There's one that takes crew. There's one that's just a tanker. So the idea is that it's just going to take fuel up to a real, to a, basically a refueling base on the moon. Right, right, There's right. one that's... Got, it's like a Lego set, isn't it? You can it's what, exactly. Like, there's one that's kind of a lunar set. lander, right? <laughs> so the goal, so, they, so they've won the contract from NASA to build the, 
the moon base right 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 and it just looks exactly like the rocket it just like lands on the moon and it just stays there it just stands up it's a thousand square meters dick right it's like is is the, these rockets you know, so the rockets they go up and then they fly to mars and then they land on mars and then they fly up from mars and then they come back again yeah but if they're so big isn't that like use such a massive amount of fuel like, well normally yeah. the things which land are little landers aren't yeah so they, the, goal, the, go, the goal is right is that the, the the so there's the top bit of the rocket which, which is called starship and there's a bit of the bottom which is called the super heavy booster which is basically just fuel right yeah, yeah. and so what they're doing is they're going to have a refueling station they're going to be rockets are going up and down to the refueling station just taking fuel and then the ones that go to mars will go out of the earth orbit that's where you use most of the fuel refuel in space and then use that fuel to get you to mars and come home right so it's a that like so, so think about this right there's a there's a you know um you know a thousand rockets that are all going to do a thousand trips with a thousand square meters in of, of of um of of cargo right they can all take about um uh and when like you can imagine most of that big rocket so you know 120 meters for those about the size of the gherkin in london or as you say salisbury cathedral something like that yeah. right and most of that's fuel Right. And, yeah. uh, you know, and, and you can imagine if, if, if this whole thing is about cost saving, you guys, when the rocket lands, you basically <clears throat> want as little fuel in there as is safe. Right. By the time it lands, because otherwise you basically just put too much fuel in. You've gone up to, to uh, you've, you've taken off Earth into low Earth orbit, refueled it, come back down again. And you just paid extra money to take that fuel up and down. So, so if there's too much, you're wasting money. If there's not enough, then it's unsafe that the rocket could crash. And then if it crashes, you can't reuse it. And then it costs money and then you can't go to Mars. Right. Yeah. So it's really about this kind of fine balance. And one of the things they were thinking about, and this is this is the thing that when that I and I heard, I was like, that is nuts, right? So so part of the so when when the rocket lands, uh, the bottom bit of the rocket, the booster stage that's reused, when that lands, the density of it is is less than an empty drinks can, like a can of Coke, right? It's like like it it's nearly completely empty. It's when light. it lands. It's well, it's like it's, it's dense, right? I mean, it's heavy. It's a rocket, but like you know, most of it's most of it's air at that point, right? It's all just yeah. f- full up of air. And but obviously, another thing that's going to add to the weight of these things are um, are the, the the landing gear, right? So obviously, you got to stick landing gear up and down, up and down, up and down. It's just kind of extra weight. So the way they got around it, Nick, is that these booster stage rockets, when they come down after they've been to the been to Mars, up to been to the low Earth orbit, is that the the tower that they launch from, you know, like the little tower that's next to the rocket. Yeah. It's got little pincers on Nick and the, and the, and the tower catches in the air as the bo- as the booster stage hovers out of the air, like a pair of chopsticks. Wow. That's good. And there's going to be a thousand rockets doing that. The, the tower catches the rocket after it's been to space. It's like, quite insane. Can you believe it? I mean, I think that is that's insane, but a lot of the other stuff is totally insane as well. The whole thing sounds just totally bananas. Yeah. Are we not gonna like discover like fusion powered rockets or nuclear no, rockets or so something? So it's all before? it's liquid oxygen and 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 these fuels are all methane. That they're, they're the fuel. Um, these methane. methane and liquid oxygen. Well, and and, and even better than this, right? All of the methane and the liquid oxygen at the moment that's gonna be used to power that. Elon's also using his solar power company, Solar City, right? It's going to, he's going to use energy from the sun to split CO2 in the atmosphere to create the oxygen and the carbon that will be used oh, it to be save, recombined. Save the world. Well, no, it'll you be net neutral because you, you will use neutral. it in the rockets. Yeah, you won't get any credits. No, no. But I'm just saying, well, so, like, isn't it uh, exciting? It, it, is, 
it is exciting and you know it's incredible really what's been achieved i do mm. I, I watched that film um don't look up quite recently which oh, right. made me chuckle which is a bit satirical about satire, yeah e- elon yeah but um, yeah so but i think a lot uh, of people are skeptical of elon because he's a bit of a naughty boy isn't he as well he called that that chap in thailand a pedo because he like saves yeah. some people in the pocket. He's under a quite but, a lot of stress. To be fair to him, <laughs> I think he's a bit of a, he's a bit of a, he's a multifaceted character, isn't he? But you can't argue that he gets some things done. I mean, it's just like I think you know, it's such an exciting time to be alive, right? You know, we, we're alive when humans are going. We're going to build a moon base. We're going to go to Mars, like you know. And it's all. But what's really interesting is these so, these these solutions to these problems are really about manufacture. Right, they're really not about engineering now, right? You know, they're really about, you know, we, we, we've we obviously known how to build a Saturn V rocket and things, right? But really in order to make it cheap, making it cheap is the way to like actually make it accessible, right? So yeah, they're not, cool. you, but it's not, that, but it, you know, it's really not a problem of, of, of engineering and of science now. It's really about kind of scaling that, right? So you imagine that we've got to make a thousand rockets. They've all got 42 rocket engines, right? So you've got to make 50,000 rockets, <laughs> like, like boosters that's not trivial like no. you know that's like you know need a big factory for that what's so interesting about mars i mean who who cares do you know what i mean like oh come I'm on not about it's a mars. call to adventure what what it you know to because it's there it's exciting yeah well yeah no you're right it is dead exciting mm-hmm. bigger, well, fish, bigger fish to fry at home at the moment though I mean, that's probably true. Nuclear that's probably war, true. but yeah. Well, anyway. to be fair, if you need nuclear war, um, like you know, like like you got to have some, you got to have some get out of get out of dodge. Yeah, thing, yeah, true. Thing. So, so true. you know, maybe that will help. want to get involved and get in touch um they can they can um they can message us they can they can tweet you steve you're um, at steve the chemist yeah and you're at the evans lab or they can just tweet us at the science shed um Absolutely. and um yeah i've got to get on with my busy day of meetings now but um uh well maybe see you next week nick yeah see you all thank you for joining us listeners see you soon bye, bye. okay Bye. dude good to chat